All right. Hey, listen, good spot to do that today. Dr. Randy here. That's me um, here at the Intentional Living Center. My phone line is open and we're just talking. If you have a question, something, maybe a decision you're trying to make, uh, maybe in your life, you just you need a brother in Christ to talk to a little bit. Love to help you do that. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to talk about whatever's going on in your life from the perspective of living intentionally and help you see that the principles of intentional living can address whatever it is you're facing today. So I'd love to talk to you. Give me a call. 888-888-1717. My line is open. Steven's taking your calls. Jennifer's making sure the ship stays straight down the, the path here. And Gino is Mr. Facebook himself uh, today. If you're on Facebook, share this with some friends. It'd be an opportunity to invite others to come and listen to what's going on across the country, what people are facing, and how intentional living can make a difference from our Intentional Living Center here at Family Life Communications. Again, you can call me now, 888-888-1717 is the phone number. 888-888-1717 uh, is the number. All right, let's get uh, get going here with our first uh, question from Andrew in New Mexico. Go right ahead. My question to Dr. Randy is, me and my wife are on the same page, you know, spiritually, as far as the Bible goes, but um, we're not on the same level when it comes to affection, when it comes to finances, when it comes to raising our kids, and just the way things are done in our marriage. And, you know, sometimes I, I feel alone, you know, I see her growing with her relationship with God, but she's not growing in her relationship with me. And sometimes, you know, my kids want her and need her, and she goes into the room, and she plays, and neglects me and the kids and and sometimes you know she just comes home goes in her place locks the door and we don't see her for the rest of the night and then she goes to bed and it's just hard you know because we're not having that intimacy thank so, you well, you're welcome listen andrew sounds like she's, uh, maybe she's struggling maybe with depression uh some anxiety some issues in her life that are causing this kind of behavior she maybe needs some help but I just want to challenge the first thing you said is that we're on the same page. It's impossible to be on the same page spiritually and not be able to walk together with some of the major issues in your life, finances, intimacy, kids, and so on. It doesn't mean you're not going to have disagreements and so on, but it's impossible to say that we are on the same page spiritually. I hear that a lot. We're on the same page spiritually. Well, you're not if the rest of your life is just a wreck. Something's going on either personally or in the relationship. So, uh, in your case, Andrew, we're talking about intentional living. Intentional living, the first thing that has to happen is to make a decision. And in your case, to say, hey, I love my wife, I love my marriage, um, but uh, something's, something's not working right here. And to be able to sit down with your wife and say, together, let's go get some counseling. Let's talk to someone. Let's go to our pastor. Let's get some truth spoken into our life. Let's find out what's really going on. Is it a medical issue? Is it too much stress? Is there something psychologically going on or emotionally uh, in our relationship? Is there something outside of our marriage that I'm not aware of? Sometimes there can be things going on that we're not aware of that can create uh, dynamics that can be very damaging 
in a relationship. So, Andrew, listen, um, pray for your wife. And if you truly both know Jesus, can I encourage you then to say, hey, let's pray about this. Let's let's just address the problem, knowing that we got some issues. Let's get on the same page spiritually so we can get on the same page in these other areas as well. We'll be praying for you. All right, let's go to, let me see here. Uh, Debbie uh, has a question coming from, I'm not sure where, but Debbie, go right ahead. What's your question? I have a specific question about money. Um, me and my boyfriend are living together, and it's been, it's been like that for almost seven years. But we always have our own money and our own accounts. I work, he works. Um, there's always been an issue about that. He says he always does more, and um, I need some help uh, with uh, my car to get fixed. And he tells me that um, I, he, he's asking me if I'm going to pay him to get the car fixed. And I need to pay my credit card. Uh, if you could let me know what I'm doing here wrong, uh, what we're doing wrong here, I feel like I'm not wrong about the situation. Like he should be able to help me. Mm. Debbie, listen, I love you as a brother in Christ. Let me just speak to you if I can for just a minute. Let me just speak to you as a brother in Christ. If you're my, my sister and I was sitting across the table with you, I'd say, listen, you don't have a marriage. What you have is a roommate. And as a roommate, his expectation is, Maybe I get the goodies out of the relationship, but beyond that, you're on your own. You pay your own bills, you take care of your own problems, and I'll do what I can, but I don't have the level of commitment that maybe you're expecting. Expectations minus reality will always, always represent disappointment in a relationship, Debbie. And uh, as your brother in Christ, I would say you better be clear on what kind of a relationship you really have. If your expectation is, well, he's my boyfriend, we're really living together, and we're kind of like married, we're really kind of committed to each other, but what you're saying is, he might be looking at the relationship from a totally different perspective. And roommates don't have the same level of commitment, engagement, responsibility, as those who should be when they're married. And so can I encourage you, Debbie, I, I would just, as a brother in Christ, if, if you're my sister, I'd say, Debbie, listen, um, if you're not in a church, get in a church, get plugged in with um, the pastor's wife or a Christian counselor or someone who can help you think through how you want to live your life, what God's intention is for your life. Because listen, this is not about money. Your question isn't about money. It's not about getting your car fixed. The question is about being intentional in terms of your relationship with Christ. That's what I would share with you because we love you and we want the best for you. And I hear your heart that you want to, you want the best for your life as well. Let's take a break. Phone line is open. Maybe you have a question just about whatever you're facing, a decision in your life. I'm happy to share with you as a brother in Christ here from our intentional living center, triple eight, triple eight, 1717. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. 
Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. The words we choose are important. Jesus' words speak to the essence of who He is, as our words are a reflection of who we are. So what do the words we choose to live by every day say about us? In Dr. Randy's teaching, Words Are Transformational, you'll learn to choose a word for the year that will define who you are and how you'll live. When you come up with a word for the year, you can remember it. You come up with a mission statement of seven or eight words, maybe you can remember it. You come up with a whole paragraph, it's gone. As a new year starts, support Intentional Living with a New Year's gift of $50 or more. When you give, we'll send you the teaching and we'll throw in the Growth with Gratitude journal that will help you build gratefulness to God and others into your everyday life. We'll email you this month's exclusive teaching and other Intentional Living tools each month. To receive this month's teaching and make your gift for the new year, call 888-888-1717 today or visit TheIntentionalLife.com. That's TheIntentionalLife.com. And you know what? We're here on the end of the uh, the month, end of January. Can't believe it. First month behind us here. Last call for the uh, Growth with Gratitude journal. It's about 100 pages or so. It'll give you like 100 days to really think about the date. That date you write down, there's a verse, and you think about what you're grateful for and, and catalog it, write it, journal it, and what your prayer is, and then some affirmations that you're declaring for the day. It'll be something as an encouragement to you. Your support, of course, Helps us continue to do this every day to help people figure out what pleases Christ. First of all, to know Him personally. You have an opportunity to help people come to Christ uh, as a result of our message through intentional living and then live in this crazy world, a better life than uh, what's going on in this world today. And uh, thank you for doing that. You can join us at theintentionallife.com or you can call right now. During West Coast Business Hours, 888 press number two. Uh, it'll take you to our staff. They'd love to talk to you. Uh, phone line's open today. If you want to talk to me on the air, same number, 888 Let me go to Linda in Iowa. Hi, Linda. How are you today? Good. How are you? Good. Good. What's your, uh, what's your question? So I just want to see... Uh, how I can go about or I, how I, what I can do to I keep trying to encourage uh, my son. I'm trying to be encouragement to him, but he's not getting the same encouragement from the other most important part, um, which is his father. So I don't know how mm-hmm. to go about How old that. is he? How old is your son? Um, he is going to be 20. Is he feeling discouraged? Um, it's hard to tell. He's very quiet. Doesn't say anything. Um, I don't ask him about the relationship, um, because now he's of age where I believe he can make his own decisions. Um, I was trying to push that relationship, but it's something I can't push. Are you divorced? Um, we were never married. Okay. So he has a relationship of some sort with his biological father he has a relationship with you, and I'm assuming he's living with you. Has lived with you, or is he on his own now? No, he has lived with us, yes. Okay, so he's been raised by you. By both of us. Oh, um, okay. You're living his together. His father has been there, but uh, we, he, we have not been together since he was about five years old. But his father has been there, um, but not emotionally supportive, if 
you know. Mm -hmm. I understand. So you're basically divorced, even though you're never married, but you're separated. You're not together. Right. Mm -hmm. What what is the um, relationship like with your son? I'm I'm sorry. What's the relationship like with your your boyfriend or the father of your son? Um, His father will not speak to me whatsoever. All right. Um, I've tried to make amends. I've tried to, you know, do the best for our son, um, even to this day, but he will not communicate with me whatsoever. All right. What what are what are people you you appreciate respect telling you you should do with a relationship with your son? Um, to leave it alone and just to pray about it. And I have I been doing that. Um, it's just hard to see when you see your son hurting. Mm-hmm. In his relationship, and I can't with his biological father. He yes, I believe he wants something that he's probably never mm-hmm. going to get. Uh, just so, you know, and I don't know if it is intentional. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, that's not uncommon. This happens a lot when we have families that are, you know, get broken or they're divorced or any number of issues. Uh, there can be that absent parent, a mother or father. Um, and sometimes, frankly, it's harder when they're alive than if they've passed away. Uh, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's emotionally they're still there, but they're not there and still having impact. Um, Linda, let me ask you, what is your relationship like with Christ? Um, Christ is the center of um, my home. Um, I have other children, and so I just try to lead by example, um, you know, to put God first, because we do go to church, but I believe that I am the one that needs to show them God's uh, love, mercy, and grace, what He's given to me. Um, And so that's just how... You know, I raised my son is to have a personal relationship, which is the most important thing. Right. And everybody's relationship is different. Now, you, I assume that you don't treat your son um, out of feeling guilty or sorry for him, or do you? No. Mm-mm. Okay, good. I, I, I mean, um, I see the pain in her, but at the same time, you can overcome that. Sounds, you know, like, sounds like you sounds Linda. Uh, sounds like you're trying to do a really good job. You're trying. You're teaching your son about Christ. You're showing him in your own life. You're staying involved in church. You're praying for him. What I hear is a mother's heart that's aching because you want something for your son, son that he's not getting, and you know down deep there's nothing you can do to make that happen. Yes. So I would really encourage you to grieve that part of the loss in terms of your own life and not allow it to impact how you choose to relate to your son. You love him, you care for him, you have a good time with him, don't feel sorry for him, uh, keep building into his life, and he's going to have to negotiate uh, a relationship with his biological father, and maybe God's going to use that to his glory in some magnificent way over the years. Okay. Does that make sense? That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So you're probably doing a much better job. Let yourself off the hook a little bit and just live intentionally in Christ every day. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Linda. Okay, thank you. God bless uh-huh. you. Thank you for your call. And I want to just say to everyone, if you, maybe you're a single mom or dad uh, for any number of reasons, it's easy to allow guilt, mistakes in the past, to dictate how you choose to, to raise your kids. Satan will use that. He will grab hold of that. He'll beat you up with that. You'll look at your kids and feel guilty. I should have, and I didn't do this, and I did do that. 
Satan loves to use those against you. And Linda's saying, hey, I've been honest with my kids. I'm praying for my kids. I'm still holding them accountable. I'm being a good mom. This is, this is what we need to do. Just do the next right one thing. Don't allow the past, don't allow the past, which should be in the rearview mirror, where you take a glance just to make sure what's coming up behind you, but you don't live in the rearview mirror without having a head-on collision. So you take a glance now and then, thank God from where you've come, and then look to the future. The windshield is a lot bigger. See where you're going. Even like the Apostle Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind, either good or bad, and pressing toward that goal to the upward call of Christ in your relationship with him. So I encourage you to join Linda. If you're struggling with what she just shared, I encourage you to stay focused intentionally in a positive way. Okay, let's take a quick break. I'll be back. Mary, hang on. I'll be to you in Florida in just about a minute or two. Scientist Andrew Newberg writes that a single word has the power to influence the expression of our genes, our genetic makeup, and actually to regulate physical and emotional stress. There's power in our words. You think about the words that we speak or the words that are spoken to us, how they impact us emotionally and relationally. And uh, we're in the ministry of words here at Intentional Living and through our radio ministry and our online ministry and our podcast. We're in the ministry of words. Think about the words in your life today that mean something, words that have been spoken to you and the importance of the power of words to influence your life. The power of words. That's the lesson this month for our Intentional Living community from uh, our Intentional Living Center here. A lesson I taught on one word for 2023. What word would it be? Is it forgiveness? Confidence, growth, what is it? For me, I put picked health, looking not only physical, but also our emotional, spiritual health for our ministry, for our lives. And uh, we, we are going to try to stay focused on that throughout this year. Ho- hopefully, we, as we get a chance to talk about things, it'll come back to how are we doing? Growing in our healthy relationship with God, with each other, with our family. With those that we love, maybe with those that we struggle with in our life. So the lesson, last call, those who join will get it to you. Got to join today. Last call for January, one word for 2023. And then coming up in February, uh, the lesson's already prepared, been recorded. It's on the topic of when, uh, when you're feeling sick and tired, how intentional living can change your life. Intentional living when you're feeling sick and tired, just worn out. Very encouraging, powerful lesson, February, for our Intentional Living community. What does that mean? Join us monthly and support whatever God lays on your heart. Be a part of Intentional Living today, 888-888-1717. You can talk to me or you can press number two to talk to our staff. All right, Mary is uh, in Florida. Hi, Mary. Welcome. What's your question today? Hey, Dr. Randy. Uh, my question is, uh, I've been married for 29 years. Mm-hmm. And my husband had a, an affair. And since we were separated for almost three years, since we came back together, uh, everything for him is split in half. All the bills, anything that he buys for the house or for anything, it, he always requires half. That's the first thing they say. I'm buying this, so you have to give me half. 
I'm really tired of that. I think uh, deep in my heart is like he is with me just because of convenience. Uh, he makes much more money than I do. And uh, I think he sees this more like a partnership than anything else. And uh, I'm tired of that and I really consider uh, getting a divorce and I really don't know what to do. So he really never did come back, did he? I don't think he did. Now, did he, um, after three years of separation, what did you do during those three years? What I I did? No, you too. Did you guys, were you in counseling? Were you working through the issues? Uh, Were you resolving what uh, you're going to do or what? When he decided to come back, to tell me that uh, come back, we went a couple... Uh, we went for counseling for a couple times, and he got tired because every time that I went over there, he was saying that I complained, that I complained, 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 uh, and I was telling him how I was feeling because the counselor told me, you need every time that you feel this way, you need to let him know, and he needs to validate your uh, feelings. And I was telling the counselor, oh, this is what happened this week. And, and he never validated. He never uh, did anything, basically, to make me feel uh, comfortable or more secure. Now, and he, I mean, I, let me ask a question, Mary. Did, did you invite him back in, or did he just move back in, or did you agree to come back together? Uh, or what, well, how was that decision before, made? One week before we are going to the court, he sent me a test and said, do you think our marriage is, can we work in our marriage? And I said, we start walking, uh, talking to him, and we talk, and then he moved in. So it was and like, I, yeah, okay, let's work on it, and he moved in. Yes. Okay. So you didn't really resolve anything? No. So it was three years of separation, and it was the deadline of a divorce document that caused him to call, and you said, okay, let's give it a shot, and you move back in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So nothing was fixed, nothing was resolved. No. You see the problem? Yeah, that uh, nothing, we never work anything out. Yeah, you didn't really, for him or for you. And so he moved back in with certain set of expectations, and he, you moved, allowed him back in with a certain set of expectations, and they weren't the same expectations. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Does he know you're ready to say, I'm done? Uh, we had an argument not long ago, and I had told him before, um, this is not working. Uh, you, this is, I'm tired of this. We, and he, he said, well, Mary, do what you need to do. So he's he's not engaged in solving the problem, sounds like, at least from your no. perspective. Okay. No. Well, when you get to a place like this, uh, Mary, unfortunately, um, there's obvious, the lesson here is if you're separated, you're apart, you've been through a crisis in your marriage, please, please, take the time you're apart to fix what was broken when you weren't apart. You know, I've talked about uh, separation over the years, and I'm always hesitant because I know once you separate, it's easy just to keep moving apart. But if people will be apart from each other for a while to figure out how to get back together, 
and be serious about it, be serious intentionally about how can we work through whatever the issues are. You know, my attitude or we're not on the same page or making decisions or whatever the issues are. And really seriously, before God, humbly say we want this marriage to work. God can do a miracle. We've got listeners today who could call and testify that they were separated or even divorced and God got a hold of their lives and they got on their knees and they got together and they put their marriage back together and it's better now than it ever was before. But it's like having, you know, it's like having a broken car and you park it in the garage for three years and then you get back in it three years later and you expect it to be healed. And no one fixed the car. The engine's still broken. Probably even worse now than before because it sat there. And so... Uh, for you, Mary, and others, when you get to this kind of a place, you know, there's a point where you have to have um, that encounter, you know. Uh, we're going to get face-to-face, and we're really going to deal with these issues. Are we in this marriage or not? Are we moving forward? What is, you know, wh- where are we headed? And I would encourage you, Mary, to get to your husband and say, look, uh, we were here. We were apart three years. Now we've been back uh, together for a little bit, and... Um, uh, it's not working, and if you're serious about this, we need to sit down. We need to get back into a, a counseling and really figure out, are we in this thing or not? And I would go into it with that question. If you came to see me, my first question after I heard this would be, are you both wanting this marriage to work? Do you want this marriage to work? And if someone says no, then you can't fix a marriage when one person says, I'm not in this. I'm out of it. But if two people are willing to work together They can have a good return for their work, according to Ecclesiastes 4. And that's true in marriage as well. It's powerful. All right. Uh, We're wrapping up this half hour. This is when I wish I had a three-hour radio show. Even though Jennifer can only give me 30 minutes to run the board, right? So uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do, though. The second best is we're going to stay right here and just continue to roll our Uh, recording equipment, and we're going to record a show for later in the week. And uh, Danielle, I'll get to you in just a moment, and Rod and others who have called, we didn't get on the live show, but just hang on. I want to talk to you because you got some great questions. It'll be encouraging to others, and hopefully I can be a little bit of encouragement to you. You know, intentional living is not about perfection, and I'm certainly not a perfect person. Been married a long time. My wife could be on here and say, well, Randy, what about this and what about that? Uh, Because the reality is we're human beings. We face challenge in our life. And so simply as being a brother in Christ here from our Intentional Living Center, letting you know when we follow the, follow the formula of intentional living, first of all, saying I'm sick and tired enough of what's going on now that I want something different and better in my life for God's glory. That's the first act of an intentional life. And then taking that action by figuring out what one thing could I do starting today that'll start moving me in a different direction. And then to declutter my life from those things which are holding me back in that area or those areas of my life which are most important. If that resonates with you, come to our website. Find out more about intentional living. Listen to some of our programs. Share them with others. If you're on the Facebook today, share it with others uh, as we do these shows. Um, And we'll be here to pray for you and talk to you as a brother in Christ. Again, 888-888-1717 is my number. You can call, talk to one of our staff members by pressing number two, come and be a part of the Intentional Living community or go to theintentionallife.com. For Gino, Jennifer, and Stephen, and myself, I'm Dr. Randy. Thanks for joining us live. We'll see you tomorrow with more Intentional Living 
right here, live from our center.